It's just been so good for my soul to just slow down and to just be present and to realize this is the most productive thing that I can be doing because, but truly that is where God has been working on my heart the last four years. And I just feel so much more settled in just the goodness of God and soaking that up and being present where I am instead of feeling like I got to fill every minute with something that is quote unquote productive. On Life Repurposed, you'll find a blend of practical wisdom and biblical inspiration that's designed to help you navigate everyday life with faith, purpose, and hope. We focus on personal and spiritual growth with a range of topics from improving your relationships and discovering your purpose to setting and achieving goals, plus tools and resources to help you live your repurposed life. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn the author of books and Bible studies about finding hope in the trashy stuff of life. Crystal Payne is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, the host of The Crystal Payne Show, and the founder of one of the top personal finance blogs on the web, Money Saving Mom. Her desire is to help women across the globe live with more joy in their everyday lives. Her biggest passions are helping women understand how the gospel can radically transform their lives, raising awareness for foster care, and finding great deals at the grocery store. She lives with her husband and kids in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Let's jump into the conversation with Crystal. I looked at your time-saving mom book, and it brought me all the way back to being a young mom. When I was following this blogger, I don't know if you're familiar with Amy Decision. She had this blog and a book called The Tightwad Gazette. And then when the internet came around, I started following you on Facebook on Money Saving Mom. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to talk first a little bit about how you started with saving money, and then we'll talk about time. So how did you get started as a blogger and get that title, Money Saving Mom? Well, it definitely was not a title that I was like, wow, I'm going to you know, become money saving mom. It's really funny because I actually named the blog that just because when I started blogging in 2007 with on that blog, I was actually started blogging a little bit earlier. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I just was like, what is it? What is a good name for kind of the people that I'm trying to attract? And I was like, money saving mom. That's a good one. And back then, you know, there were a lot of URLs that were available. And so right. I took it, <laughs> not thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be really great for SEO or anything. But the funny thing that came out of it was that I became money saving mom. Like, <laughs> I never envisioned, like, that was not about me. It was just about for a money saving mom. But then it was funny because when my first book came out, my publishers realized that nobody knew what my actual name was. Everybody I thought didn't my name either. was money saving mom. <laughs> and so I was like, I mean, I guess it's good branding. Anyway, so uh, to backtrack, uh, I was raised in a family of nine. So there's seven kids. I have three um, brothers and three sisters and we were homeschooled. And so part of our home ec was to do the menu sh- planning, the grocery shopping and the cooking for our family for a few years just to get that real life hands-on experience. And so mm-hmm. my mom really taught me, she gave me my first coupon box. We had this tub <laughs> with all these alphabetized envelopes with coupons in them. And we get all this stuff for free or almost free. That was back in the good old days when they doubled coupons yes. and all that stuff. Um, and so going into marriage, I really had this 
foundation of wise money management, not only from that, but then also seeing my parents, they got out of debt when I was a young girl. They worked really hard to pay off their mortgage. And then um, we moved into this old trailer. It was a construction trailer that they used on commercial building sites. And we lived there for, I think it was about eight months while my dad was a general contractor and we built our house debt-free. And so just really seeing my parents and seeing their wise money management, it just impacted me to recognize the stress that it relieves from your life, but then the ability that it allows you to be intentional, to be able to give generously. And so my husband and I went into marriage with this audacious goal that he was going to go through law school. We were going to stay out of debt. And then after that happened, then we said, well, why not? Let's set another (laughs) goal. And so we set the goal to buy our first house in cash. And uh, we thought it was probably going to take us five years, but because the blog was kind of starting at that point and really taking off. And we worked really, really hard and lived on very, very little. And we were able to accomplish that goal in less time and just seeing the fulfillment. But then also, like I said, the the stress that it relieved and the ability for us to have so much wiggle room in our budget because we weren't paying off credit cards. Mm -hmm. We were paying off school loans. We weren't paying a mortgage. And so um, I really just am so grateful for my parents and the foundation that they set and really want to stand on their shoulders and then also to impart that to our kids now as well. I grew up on a farm, so I learned some of those things from my parents as well, and then married my high school sweetheart and decided to leave my career as a registered nurse when we had our first son. And I remember panicking and thinking, how am I going to save money? This was in the early 90s, so that dates me. But, um, you know, there wasn't the internet. How am I going to save some money so that I can be a stay-at-home mom? And we did find some creative ways. And I tried some of the things that didn't work, like making my own diaper wipes, (laughs) I don't really, I don't recommend that. Coupons was the way to go. Well, I always say like really paying attention to how much time is it taking you and how much money is it saving you because your time is very valuable too. And especially in certain seasons, some seasons you'll have more time than money. And sometimes you'll have more money than time. And so you kind of have to figure out what works for you. I also tried the homemade diaper wipes. We did uh, complete all cloth diapers with our first baby because, because I was like, we don't have money to buy diapers. It's just some friends of us, some friends of ours, they actually gave us the starter set for diapers. And I was so grateful because it did save us a bunch of money. But then I figured out how to do the drugstore game where I was getting all these rebates and then I used those rebates. So I get (laughs) thousands of dollars of stuff for pennies and then use the rebates that I would get to buy diapers. And so that's what I did for the next few kids. And I still buy diapers using money that I earned from swag bucks. Uh, So I'm still doing the free diaper thing. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. I used to do swag bucks. That's funny. I don't anymore. I'm not buying diapers and formula. So that also (laughs) is part of it. But I've been following you on Facebook for a while just because you post offers. And, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, wow, I was looking to get those shoes anyway. And they're on special. I wouldn't have known that. So I know that you've you have quite a following as the money saving mom. So then recently, a few months back, you released a book called The Time Saving Mom. And I'm wondering, how did you make that leap from money saving to time saving? Was it automatic? Or did you have to be nudged a little bit? Definitely had to be nudged to write the book. That's for sure. (laughs) I I literally told my publisher that they begged for this book. And I was like, guys, do you know how many books there are in time management? Like, what do I have to offer? But they really challenged me. Crystal, just just pay attention for a few days 
and see if you do have some different rhythms and systems in place that maybe could be really helpful. And I'm like, it's so simple what I do. And they said, that's the point. Uh, so, but really I made the shift to talking about time management early on when I started blogging because I realized that there were so many people who wanted to save money, but said they didn't have time to save money. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to clip coupons or even just look for the best deal, do research, all of that, it does take time. And yeah. so I started talking about ways to manage your time so that you could also then manage your money. And so I wrote a lot on that, never thinking that I would eventually write a book. But as I started writing the book, thanks to my publisher, really encouraging me to uh, you know, say simplicity is a superpower, um, I recognized that this is something that I've been really passionate about since the time I was a young girl. And I opened up the book talking about when I was 18 years old and I gave a, a speech at my graduation because I was homeschooled, not because I was a valedictorian. Um, and really my the thing that I wanted to impart to people was that time is short. And so it's mm-hmm. this idea that, you know, we only have one life and I want to use it well. And so from a young age, it's just something that I've been really passionate about and really helping people to be intentional with their time. And I love helping people be intentional with their money, but honestly, I'm more passionate about helping people be intentional with their time because I think that that's what's going to matter the most at our at the end of our lives. That's so true. I haven't thought about that. I mean, you could save money and amass a lot of wealth. And that doesn't really matter if that comes at the cost of the time with loved ones or doing the things that we're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Now, I know there's going to be some pushback from people because I'm a I'm an organized person and I'm pretty efficient as far as productivity. I get a lot done and I have people say, well, that's great for you, but I don't have time. So why should we stop saying I don't have time? Well, first off, I, for the longest time, I've told people don't say I don't have money. Like I can't afford that (laughs) because that instantly kind of puts you in this victim mentality and it instantly causes you to feel stuck. Like if you say I can't do anything. You are basically putting yourself in this stuck place. And so I really challenge people, don't say I can't. Instead of saying I don't have time, I would challenge you to say I'm choosing to spend my time differently. So that is putting you in the driver's seat. That is saying I am intentionally deciding that this thing that I'm not doing is something that I don't want to prioritize right now. It's not saying that it's a bad thing. It's not saying that other people shouldn't be doing it, but it's saying that I am not prioritizing it right now. And what this does, this flips you from being this victim of your calendar and your circumstances to actually taking personal ownership. So when you start saying, you don't have to say it out loud, but in your mind, instead of saying, I don't have time, say, I'm choosing to spend my time differently. Mm -hmm. It begs the question, well, what are you spending your time on? And are you investing your time intentionally in those things that are priorities for you? Would you say that you're more efficient than some people? You know, because I find that sometimes things take, oh, here's an example. I can whip up a dessert in 15 minutes and have it in the oven. And my husband can be in there for an hour and a half and he's still messing with it. I don't know if that's an efficiency thing, but that's just an example of like some people take longer to do things. Do you find that you're fairly efficient? I have found that I have higher capacity than some people. Um, it's I am someone who gets bored very easily. So, for instance, my husband and I 
number of years ago, we went to Hawaii. It was going to be this big trip and I didn't bring my computer. It was going to be four days. And I read 10 books and like walked miles and miles and miles. Plus I had tons of time with my husband. Like, and it was just because I, the thought of sitting on the beach, just sitting there, like, I don't know how to do that very well, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, But so I would say that I have higher capacity to juggle more things than maybe some people, but I also have found that I have been stretched. And when you're stretched, then, you know, maybe like a rubber band, when you stretch it out really far, Maybe that's not a healthy thing to be stretched that mm. much. But then when you when you let go of it and it comes back, you have more capacity than you realized you had before. And so that's something, especially the last four years as we brought home four babies, um, it's just really stretched me and taught me that I can do a lot in a few minutes. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize before the power of four and seven minutes. In fact, this book was written in little five and 15 minute segments. I rarely had more than that to be able to work on the book. And it just shows that you can accomplish a lot in little tiny bits of time if you kind of gather up those scraps of time and use them well. I find that if I have too many big blocks of time, I sort of have this mindset of like, I have all the time in the world. And then I don't get efficient until like, oh, there's a deadline I really have to. So for me, it is like in those little short chunks of time to like say, okay, this is all I have right now. So I'm going to be efficient with that. You're a successful entrepreneur, author, mom. How do you balance responsibilities while still having peace and having a sense of well-being in your life? One of the things like I was just talking about using those little minutes of time, sometimes using them well is just sitting and soaking up and savoring what's right in front of me. And so using my time well does not mean that I'm cramming it full and using every minute to the fullest capacity of getting things done. It's not about hustling harder, but it's about using my time well. One thing that's been really helpful to me, I talk about this in the book, but is my six times two priority system where I have six priority areas that I wrap my time and my life and my energy around, but I only focus on two per day. It's so easy as moms, I think especially as our kids get older, we can kind of feel like we need to be doing all the things, you know, and our kids will, um, we want to be keeping up with all the other things and make sure that we're checking in with them and maybe they're they don't they're not driving yet so we're having to drive them places and then um, we might have a full-time job as well and then we need to keep up with the house and then you know if we're married our marriage and we have friendships which we should you know and so it's just it becomes where it's all these things mm-hmm. and we feel so overwhelmed by all the things and so for me just focusing on two priority areas per day and really spending intentional time in those areas that doesn't mean that I don't do you know I don't check in with my kids or do my work or whatever, but just focusing intentional time. So maybe it's once a week that I'm having an hour long date with my husband or that um, I am, you know, also maybe he and I are doing something together. So then um, the six time two priority system is really that I'm focusing on two per day and I'm rotating the areas that I'm focusing on so that over the course of a week, I have spent intentional time in each priority area, hopefully twice. So maybe for instance, with marriage, we'll have an hour long date. We might, you know, there's this free 
free block of time and I have learned the power of an hour for dates. It can just be really, really special. You don't have to have four hours to have a great date. Um, but then maybe then we might watch a show another night. So it's like two times that week that we've just really spent some intentional time together. And then with my kids, it might be that I'm going to have a date with one of them and we're going to, you know, work on a project with another one. And then with friendships that it's, you know, I'm going to go have coffee with a friend or I'm going to invite a friend over. Or we're going to go walk. And so just twice a week doing things like that and twice a week focusing some intentional time in my business and some extra project. And so doing that really helps me because then I'm not feeling like every day I have to do all the things every single day, but every day I have a few things that I'm really going to focus on and I can be fully present in those areas. That system really made sense for me when I read that because I was thinking about that, you know, if you look at the list of six things, it seems overwhelming. But if you think you're going to touch on those twice a week, it made sense because then it it was making it bite-sized. And also, I, I'm a like top priority for me as achiever when I do the personality test. So that feels achievable. And instead of getting to the end of the day and saying, oh, I achieved these two things, but I failed in the other four areas. So it sets somebody up for success. So I really liked that part of it. The other thing that I find is that I'm able to really fully be there instead of feeling like I need to be all these other places. And so I can be like, you know, I'm working on the house right now. And maybe then I'm not working on that business project, but I know, but tomorrow I'm going to get to that business project. And then tomorrow when I'm working on that business project, I'm not thinking, oh man, I'm really neglecting my house. I'm like, no, that's going to have that happen yesterday and it'll happen later this week. And so that really helps me to just have more peace in my heart, more peace in our home and be more fully present. So listener, the book is The Time-Saving Mom, How to Juggle a Lot, Enjoy Your Life, and Accomplish What Matters Most. When we get to the end of the show, we'll make sure that we tell you where you can find that book. But if you're listening in, that's what we're talking about. I loved the How to Juggle a Lot and Enjoy Your Life and Accomplish What Matters subtitle, because isn't that what we want? We don't want to just check off a bunch of things. We want to have joy in it, and we want to accomplish something that makes a difference and matters. So Crystal, you have a four-step system, and I know we don't have time to go into detail. That's what the book is for. But if you can give us the four steps, that would be really helpful for the listener. Yes. So like I talked about, I really want to simplify things. That's really my heart and hope with this book and just how I live my life to keep things simple. We can overcomplicate <laughs> things. So four steps. So first off, prayer. Um, I talk about starting my day from that foundation of prayer, of praying over the details of my day, of truly releasing all the things that I'm carrying, giving it over to the Lord. And I know, especially if you're a mom, This can be so important. I have one teenager right now who is just going through a lot. And so every morning, just starting my day with prayer, praying over each of my kids, my husband and whatever's going on that day. But it jogs my memory to think of, oh, I'm carrying that for this child. And yesterday I was just like, okay, God, I know I've been holding on really tightly And I need to just release that control that I'm trying to micromanage in that child's life. And it was just so good. And so starting my day from that posture of prayer, of inviting Jesus into my day to give me the energy, the strength to multiply my time, to 
multiply my love, sometimes multiply my patience, you know, whatever it is that I'm just feeling like I need that extra help. And then also just flare prayers throughout the day. If something comes up and you start to feel that stress rising, or you're trying to micromanage or control to just shoot up a flare prayer, Holy Spirit, help me right now. I need you. I can't do this in my own strength. So pray and then prioritize. And we've talked about that a little bit, my six times two priority system. I talk about that in depth in the book and walk you through how to create your own priority system that works for you, how to decide your priorities, and then what it looks like to actually walk that out on a weekly basis. And then next is to plan. And so in the book, I talk about my hybrid planning system. I know this won't work for everyone, but I hope that it just gives people some ideas. I think it's so important that we are intentional with our time as well as our money. And so one of the ways that we, you know, oftentimes when we think of being intentional with our money, it's about a budget. Well, I think the same is true with our time. We need to budget our time. Now, that's not that every single tiny minute of our day needs to be accounted for, but that we are using our priorities to then actually live our day. And so I use Google Calendar and I brain dump everything in my head into Google Calendar. I share how I do that in the book. And then I create what I call a time block to-do list, which is my budget for my time for the day. And the beauty of this, it's like with budgeting. When you budget your money, you feel like you have a lot more of it. Like you just feel like it goes further and you're a lot more intentional with it. Same is true with our time. When we budget our time, when we pre-decide our priorities and how we're going to spend our time, it feels like we just have a lot more time. And so for me, that's the key to getting more done, but doing it from a place and space of peace is pre-deciding. These are the things that are priorities for the day. These are the things that are not priorities. This is not what I'm going to spend my time doing. And then to just have that plan in front of me and follow the plan has been so helpful. But then I also plan in wiggle room. I plan in time for fun. I plan in time for just refreshment and refueling. And so it helps that you're not just checking things off a to-do list like you talked Uh about. And it's all about to-dos, to-dos, to-dos. But it's about what are those priorities? And I want that to be reflected in how I spend my day. So that is the plan section. And then the prep section is about prepping our space, not only physical space through morning and evening routine, but also prepping our mental space, because I think Mm. that is so important. We touched on one of those things, which was, you know, that thing of saying, I don't have time. That is one way that we can just really kind of stifle our ability to enjoy our life if we go through it saying, I can't, I don't, you know. And so I really challenge people to think of those negative narratives that are what they're leading with and to really challenge yourself to replace those with positive narratives of things like instead of saying, I can't do that, saying, what can I do with what I have where I am, you know, instead of feeling like, well, I don't have hours of time to invest in this. Maybe it's that I want to deepen a relationship with a friend. Well, I don't have hours of time. Well, what can I do? Well, I can probably text her every day. I could probably invite her to come um, join me in some project that I'm doing, or we could go walk together, you know, saying, what can I do with what I have where I am? And just that mindset shift feelings follow action. And so instead of us waiting until we feel a certain way or waiting until we have a certain amount of time, let's use what we have. Let's start where we are. 
I was surprised the other day when I had made a big mess of baking because I had all these things I needed to use up. And I was amazed at how, you know, it looked overwhelming to look at my kitchen. And then it took less than 15 minutes to get things in the dishwasher, get the big pans washed. And in my mind, I was thinking, I'll come back and do this later because I don't want to do it. I didn't feel like it. That made me think about when you said feel. And I didn't feel like it, but wow, it felt really good to use those 15 minutes that way and have it done. I also was, uh, when you said something about dates with your husband, I think in the book, do you mention at-home dates? Yes. That's something my husband and I have done. It saves time and money <laughs> because there there's so many creative ways to spend time together without going and sitting in a restaurant. And um, so for the, the listener... Crystal covers some of those practical things. If you're thinking, how does she do all this? I mean, when I look at you on Instagram, I'm wondering how you do it all. <laughs> but the your book really explains some of that. Time blocking is interesting. You're using Google Calendar. I use the Apple Calendar for things. Have you found that um, being able to grab a block and slide it over to the next day? Have, have you done that? Does that work for you? I do it all the time. And that's the thing that I love <laughs> about Google Calendar because for me, a paper planner, because I am not only juggling all my kids' schedules and making sure that everybody gets where they need to go and with our son who has a lot of therapies, you know, just juggling all of that, but then working full time and running a business and, you know, having a podcast and um, writing and all of that are these extra things plus our church commitments and and, um, my son is super involved in sports. And so there's just a lot of different things. So for me, I love Google Calendar because I can just drag and drop. I can also... um, uh, one thing that I love is that you can then you know set up so it'll repeat something um, that makes it really easy. But for me, if I had a paper calendar, I would constantly be <laughs> scribbling and right. rewriting and all of that. And so the drag and drop feature is so helpful for me. And at night when I go to bed, that's when I write out my time block to do list for the next day. And so I look over what I didn't accomplish because usually every day I don't get everything done that I set out to do. That is completely okay. Just need to yes. put that out there. Yeah. Um, you know, prioritizing the most important things. And if those got done, that's great. And then just sliding those other things over to the next day. And so that's really kind of helpful for me at night to just regroup and look. And a lot of times it might be that I'm not going to drag and drop it to the next day. I might drag and drop it to the next week or the next month, or I might just completely delete it because I'm like, <laughs> you know what? That That's just not going to be a priority right now. Mm -hmm. For me, it's also freeing for my mind because when, you know, you try out that subscription of something, it's for six months and it's going to auto renew. I drop into my electronic calendar those reminders to go and unsubscribe or decide if I'm going to keep because then it's out in my brain. Like I don't have to be wondering. You get all these surprise things that happen. So it has helped me to be more flexible. One of the things that moms might experience is feeling like they can't prioritize self-care without feeling guilty. And one of the things you have in your block list is addressing soul needs. And this is the Life Repurpose podcast. And we think about how making these changes really addresses that soul need. I think that's really the core of it. We find hope in the middle of the difficulties of life. So how have you found hope or how have you been encouraged by implementing time-saving strategies in your life? For me, it's really allowed me to be more fully present and Mm. to prioritize people. And that's something that I tend to be someone who 
I think we have very similar personalities. Like I'm a high achiever. And for years, my worth was in my work. Yes. Oh, I feel it. And I honestly, I numbed out, like I numbed from things that I needed to heal from by just being more productive. And Mm -hmm. so instead of sitting in my feelings and processing them and working through some of those big emotions that I really needed to, I would just work harder. Like I would Mm -hmm. just stuff it all down and work harder. And the last four years, as we have pursued this journey of foster care and then adopting and special needs and then reunification, um, it's been really messy. Like there have been really, really hard things with – loving a little boy as our own for eight and a half months and then handing him back to his mom and wow. not knowing will we ever see him again. Wow. And by the grace of God, we get to still be involved in his life, which is such a gift. We um, just actually had him yesterday and we get to help his mom with childcare. But there are so many unknowns. And every day, I don't know how the story is going to end. And every time I see him, I don't know, will I see him again? I don't know. And so it's just really changed my heart on what is actually productive. And I remember I wrote a post after my fourth book came out and I had just spent the day just holding him. Um, He was over at our house. We were taking care of him and I just spent the day holding him. And I was talking about how gotten to do some really cool things in my life, stood on some really cool stages and um, gotten some really cool media opportunities. And the business has been very successful. But honestly, my definition of success now is none of those things. Mm-hmm. And for me to just sit and hold a little boy and get to be part of his reunification, get to walk with his mama and to just love her in the times when it's messy that for me has been a huge shift and transformation where I just have this whole different perspective on what intentionality with time actually looks like. And so then the opportunity now that we have had to say yes to David, I share his story in the book, but he came to us at eight months. It was a few months after we had um, said goodbye to the little boy that I was just referring to. And um, he ended up we ended up adopting him, but he came in the middle of the night and he had um, Down syndrome and a severe cleft lip and palate. He was born at 27 weeks. He was severely malnourished and could barely hold his head up and needed all sorts of medical care. And I didn't know anything. Like I didn't know anything about these things. And it was really scary. There were so many times when I was like, I can't do this, God. I'm in way over my head. And why why did you put this on my plate? Like, <laughs> I, I don't have what it takes. But David has taught me so much about what it looks like to rely upon the Lord and to stop relying upon my own strength, thinking that I can micromanage and white knuckle my way through life because I can't. Like, I can't mm. with him. It's it's too much. There's been just almost every week, It's we will have an incident where it's like, do we need to go to the ER? Um, which doctor should we call? We don't know what to do. This is something that we've never experienced before. And There are just so many moments where I just have to fall on my face and just cry out to God and be like, God, you got to help me. Like, I don't know what the right answer is and I need help right now. And um, so he's just taught me so much about that, but then also um, taught me so much about slowing down 
and mm-hmm. just loving life. Like David, he's three now and he doesn't have words except for he says ball and mama. And um, he's way behind where, you know, they would say that he should be, um, which, you know, he's on his own trajectory, but he loves his life. Like he loves life. And it just has taught me so much about how so often what we value, things like talking and walking and, you know, following along with a developmental, you know, this is what kids are supposed to do. Like that's what we put our stock and value in. But at the expense of are we missing out on just enjoying here and now and today. And so he just really taught me to slow down and to just savor right here and right now. I spend so much of my day just holding him. Like he just Mm. wraps his little arms around me and he just hugs me tight and we just sit there. And that's how I usually start pretty much every morning because he has to have morning hugs every morning and he does it (laughs) at his own pace. It is not like you can be like, okay, morning hug and then move. No, uh -uh. a lot of times (laughs) it'll be like, no, we need 25 minutes of morning hugs. And it's just been so good for my soul to just slow down and to just be present and to realize this is the most productive thing that I can be doing because it's so good for my soul. But then to recognize like building this attachment, um, you know, for these little children of rewiring their, um, you know, their attachment and helping them to learn about healthy attachment and all that, like that is going to profoundly impact them for the rest of their life. And so mm-hmm. that was a long answer, but truly, that is where God has been working on my heart the last four years. And I just feel so much more settled in just the goodness of God and soaking that up and being present where I am instead of feeling like I got to fill every minute with something that is quote unquote productive. I think that's the beautiful part of the Time Saving Mom book is that this is not just another time management book that interruption in your story is what brings us into it and because we're all familiar with interruptions a a plan on paper sounds great and then our real lives don't go that way so the beautiful thing is you have you you just bring us into that in the book and show us what it's like to have the interruption i I didn't. I couldn't imagine being in your shoes in the middle of the night when your husband's away on a trip and having this little boy arrive with a feeding tube. It's like, what do I do? I don't know. So I appreciate that that is part of the book. How do you want to empower readers and encourage them to take control of their time and lives? Like, what do you hope they'll take away from the book? Honestly, my biggest hope for the book is that people will live their life thinking of eternity. Like I really, that is my my hope and my heart. I want to go throughout my every day thinking, what's going to matter at the end of my life? And I really hope that that is what people take away. And also that relying upon Jesus is one of the best time management strategies. So often we want to just get to the great plan and the great schedule and you know all the practical stuff, which are helpful. But if we don't start from that foundation of resting in Jesus, we're just going to be hustling for what? And so that's my greatest hope and heart. And I actually had to fight a little bit to have that the book start with that because obviously, you know, people are going to want to jump to all the practical stuff. But I really right. wanted to start from that foundation because for me, that is really the secret for me juggling a lot, enjoying my life and accomplishing what matters most is resting in the Lord and finding him to be so, so faithful. Is that kind of the mindset behind the concept that you have in there of thinking about 25 years from now? 
Yes. You know, it's really thinking about today, what's going to matter at the end of my life and how can I wrap my time and my life and my energy around that? And so maybe on my plan for the day, it says, you know, to organize that cupboard, but a child walks in the room and they're really going through something hard. You know, if you have teenagers, you know that they have a lot of big feelings. Um, Little kids do too, but especially teenagers. And they oftentimes come in and need to have conversations at the most, quote, inopportune times. Um, I say in a quote, because truly, you know, looking at it as this is a divine appointment. And so starting my day with praying over my day that allows me to be anticipating where God's going to show up and give me opportunities to love others well. And so thinking of what's going to matter at the end of my life, that is sitting there with that teenager and shutting the door on that cupboard. I do this all the time in my life right now. There are a lot of cupboards that you do not want to be looking in at my house. (laughs) I actually showed one on Instagram yesterday because I was just like, I've been shutting the door on this cupboard for I don't even know how many months. And, you know, it's okay because yes. I'd rather shut the door on that cupboard that really feels like it needs to be cleaned out and open my heart to sitting with this child or this teenager or my husband or whatever it is that need right in front of me. And so seeing those as divine appointments to really love others well and that that is some of the most important work that I can be doing. And so I want to, with the time that I have to be using it well so that I have space in my day and space in my head and space in my heart to be able to love others well. That is so good because I spent way too much of my time when my kids were little worrying about those cupboards and whatever was on my list for the day. And they they probably did feel like interruptions to my plan. And, you know, now all I can do is have conversations with them and say, I'm sorry that, you know, you lived through my imperfections. The beauty of life is that we all have those imperfections. And so I try to be honest about it and say, yeah, that's probably not the way I would redo your life if we could do it that way. Um, I've softened a lot over the years. So for me, 25 years from now, I probably will, it's, it's likely I could be a great grandparent because I'm a grandparent now. So what do you want people to be saying about Crystal Payne 25 years from now? Mm, that's a great question. I think for me, I just really want I think about my funeral a lot, which sounds weird, but true. Um, I actually had two friends die in the last um, two weeks. And mm. so I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, one was from a lung disease and one was from cancer. And um, I've just been thinking of like, what is the legacy that I want to live? And seeing both of them live their life so well uh, that she loved well. Like, I think for me, that's really what I hope is that it's that she loved well. And, you know, it's not about the accomplishments, but that she was, she was present with me and that she looked into my eyes. She put her phone down. She looked in my eyes and she was there and she cared about me and she valued me and she spoke life to me. That's beautiful. I want people to be able to connect with you online. So where can they find you? We know we can find the book on places where books are sold. And I think Bethany House even offers a discount if people go straight there. But where can they find you? I would love for people to connect with me on Instagram. That's my favorite place to be. That is the only place on the internet that I, nobody else has the password to. So it's just me. (laughs) Um, And which I guess if I'm, if I die, that's not going to be good, but that's okay. Um, But uh, Instagram, I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. I'm very active on stories and I just love to share my heart. And um, my podcast is called the crystal pain show. And then my website we talked about is moneysavingmom.com. 
So as we wrap up here, what would you like to leave with the listeners who are at the table with us here? What word would you say to them? It may be something from the book or something not in the book. One thing that I say often that I preach to myself is you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. And so go throughout your day with this attitude of gratefulness. Gratitude changes your perspective. And so I actually woke up this morning and I'm still nursing. And so I, my one-year-old, and I was kind of starting to get mastitis, which gratefully I have this Mm. protocol that I go through that um, helps to kick it. But everything hurt and I needed to, you know, take care of three little children. And there's just, there was a lot going on and I got to choose my attitude. And so I could have woken up being like, this is terrible. It's going to be an awful day. But instead waking up saying, you know what, I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to do this protocol and I'm going to be grateful for the fact that we have modern medicine and grateful for the fact that there's running water. And, you know, it was just, I was thinking of all these moms who, probably have over the centuries, you know, woken up with mastitis and they don't have ibuprofen and they don't have, (laughs) you know, hot water and Epsom salts and all the things that I do. And so just changing your attitude, it's amazing how, you know, that changes your perspective. And so you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Crystal, thank you for choosing to make time today to spend with me and with my listeners. We so appreciate that. We appreciate the message of your book. So I'm expressing gratitude on behalf of me and the listeners for your time. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Friends, you'll find a link in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 170. For everything we talked about in this episode, links to Crystal's website, to her resources. So I encourage you to go there. I'll link to the book as well. I hope there's something that Crystal said that resonates with you. I want to give you that can-do spirit. I'm one who looks at Crystal on social media and I think, can I possibly do all these things? Because she makes it look easy. And if you read her book and, and you follow her, you'll see that she has hard things too. And so she is incorporating systems in the middle of that that make her life run smoother and make it so she can handle those unexpected moments. So I want to thank you for spending some of your time, for choosing to spend your time with us today and listening to this interview. And I hope that you found something, a nugget that you can implement in your own life that will help you save time and ultimately enjoy your life more. I hope to see you again next week with another episode. You've been listening to Life Repurposed. If you'd like bonus resources sent to your inbox each week, be sure to sign up at michellerayburn.com 